Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are we doing this morning? Hey, guys. It's good to see y'all this morning. Yeah. Let's kick this off this morning with a prayer. Father God, we just humbly, Lord, come to you this morning and thank you for all that you've done for us. I look out in this room and I see men of faith, Lord, and I see the blessings you bestowed on so many of us. Lord, our families, our careers, our community. And Lord, we pray that we can keep you in the center of that at all times, Lord, and can continue to receive your blessings. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather, and we pray, Lord, that this morning the words that we hear will pierce our hearts and embolden us to go from this day and spread your word. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Wes? Good morning, guys. Hey, most of you guys are awake. That's good. <laughs> It's good to be back uh, with you. Um, we have uh, a couple things to take care of. There's a yellow pad going around for uh, anybody who wants to be on our email list. A couple guys said they didn't get an email this week. Um, if you did not get an email this week, raise your hand. Wow. Um, don't know what happened to that. It's some glitch maybe, but Larry, Larry, who is our investigator, will take care of that. The only thing I can think of is something screwed up with um, MailChimp. My email address is LarryRHP at AOL.com. If you didn't get an email address, send me a note about it, and I'll investigate. Because I can go into MailChimp and see if they sent it. And sometimes it's they didn't send it, and sometimes it's something in your system. So I'll look into cool. it. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, one of the things we get to do here is, uh, in addition to having our conversations around the table um, and sharing our life together, uh, sharing uh, everything in our life together, whether it's sorrows or joys or, or just the need for uh, somebody's face to eat breakfast with and somebody who, who's going to know us a little more deeply after we've been here each time. One of the things we get to do is to address things that are in our community that sometimes don't get talked about um, uh, as much as they should. So we, we do everything from social issues to things, uh, you know, Michael Card will be here in a couple of weeks and he's always a, a great Bible teacher, so we do some of that. We, we try to give our, our friends who are pastors a break. Um, they're talking all the time and we wanna hear your stories too. So that's one of the reasons we have this kind of a gathering uh, so that we can do that. Uh, you know, there are, there are all kinds of uh, captivities in our, in our own hearts. One of the reasons that um, uh, several of our friends and I enjoy going down to death row so very much is because the captivity at that gated community is very visible. It's, you know, it's a barricade. You can't leave. You can't get out. Uh, and inside of, of death row, there is this incredible, vibrant Christian community that is, that is just alive, as much alive as anything I've ever been a part of or ever seen in my life. 
And it reminds me every time I'm there of the captivity that each one of us have experienced in our own heart and the need to be set free. So one of the things that's going to happen this morning is we're going to talk about trauma. We're going to talk about what happened in our community with uh, the devastating shooting at the Covenant School. Um, you know, when you're on death row, it it's, um, becomes pretty obvious really quickly that this is one side of the equation and there are victims and, and the concern for the victims needs to be as great as the concern for the people who are on death row and their well-being. And so you have in a situation like the Covenant School shooting, not only the families and the children and the community that is traumatized by an event like that, um, but also the family of the shooter and, 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 the, and the care that our community can give to them in the aftermath of something so terrible and horrible. Jeremiah talks about when you are in captivity, seek the good of the city, seek the welfare of the city. So I'm hoping that this morning will be that kind of a morning where we are together as men intent on seeking the welfare of our community, uh, uh, perhaps learning something this morning that will help us to, to do take that another step. I want to introduce Anita Pringle. Anita is with the Refuge Center. She is a, a trauma, trauma therapist, trauma care, do you call it that? Uh, anyway, she's, she's here as, as a professional in the, in the counseling uh, uh, world. She lives in Spring Hill, works in Franklin, has a private practice, but works also with the Refuge Center. And Amy Alexander, who is the director at the Refuge Center, recommended her this morning, and that's why we invited you, Anita. So come on. Uh, there's going to be time, uh, if you want, for some Q&A uh, after she has, um, uh, there's some time for Q&A if you want to do that. If not, we'll keep going. Okay. Anita? Thank you. Good morning. This is uh, the most exciting thing I've done in a really long time, is to see this many men in a room having conversations with each other. Thank you for doing this. It is so important. Uh, one time I heard a, a, a woman say, my husband never talks to me. He just won't talk. And he said, well, you know, men have 15,000 words, and by the time I get home, I've used all of them up. So I'm going to say to you, don't use them all up here. Be sure to have some for your wife when you get home. But I love hearing the conversations around the table and to know that there are strong men of faith who find it important to, um, to be together, to support one another, to love one another, those kinds of things. What you're doing here is fabulous. I am Anita Pringle. I'm the clinical director at the Refuge Center for Counseling. And I want to tell you quickly, uh, I'm not here to promote the Refuge Center, but I do want to tell you what the Refuge Center is because I run into people all the time who say, what is that? And actually, some people think that we're the Refugee Center. Um, and So we're just Refuge, R-E-F-U-G-E, -E, um, and um, so we pro provide a refuge for hurting people. We are a large counseling center here in uh, Franklin. We're off of Forest Crossing, which is off of Royal Oaks. We um, have 70 therapists 
at the Refuge Center. And um, we stay full with a waiting list, and that gives you some indication of the number of hurting people around. This last year, we've done 37,000 sessions. So um, we've been able to, to interact with over 4,000 people. We work on a sliding scale. Our hope is to never turn anybody away because they can't afford to pay for the support that they need. Um, our sliding scale goes from $25 to $125 based on your gross family income. And so there even are some people who are on what we call a hardship, um, and they pay $19 to come for therapy. If you know anything about therapy, especially in Williamson County, you can pay anywhere from $100 to $400 an hour for therapy these days. And so our heart is to provide services for people regardless of their ability to be able to pay for those services. A really exciting thing is that we're in the midst of a capital campaign. We're getting ready to build a new building out behind the Ag Center on Long Lane. Um, <clears throat> the building will be larger, which will give us more opportunity to serve more people. It also is on seven acres, and there will be walking trails, a prayer labyrinth, a prayer chapel, a play area for the children, and it will give people an opportunity to come early and stay late so they can come in preparation for their session, have their session, and then stay and do some processing. The Refuge Center has been called the St. Jude of mental health, which there's no greater um, joy to my heart and to Amy Alexander, our director's heart, to hear that someone equated us with St. Jude. So that is um, a little bit about refuge. I'm happy to talk about that. I could talk about it all day. If you have questions later, I can answer them. But today, I've been asked to talk to you about uh, what happened in our community a few weeks ago. And I want to start by just asking you, could you just kind of in popcorn fashion tell me in one word what you felt the minute you heard about the Covenant shooting? What was your feeling? Sadness. Confusion. Shock. Anger. Crushed. Frustration. Why? Somebody said something over here I didn't hear. Lost. Others? Evil? Mm -hmm. Crying. Huh? Crying. Crying? Okay. All right, so I want you to now move forward to today. We're three weeks out from that, I think. Um, tell me what your feeling is today about that situation. Frustration. Frustration. Disillusion. Disillusioned. Disgust. Sad. Sad. <coughs> Hope. Any others? Prayer. I didn't. Prayer. Prayer. Compassion. Compassion. Politicized. Politicized. Still asking why. Okay. 
Why? So here we are in a situation that is not new to our understanding because we've heard about school shootings or shootings in churches or shootings in theaters or shootings in malls, those kinds of things. We've heard about that for quite a number of years. And so it's not, um, it's not new to us, but it is new to us in our community. And I imagine that you would agree with me when you say it, when I would say it feels different this time. And it feels different this time because it's close to home. It's in our own backyard. It is our friend, or we know somebody that knows somebody, or our children used to go to covenant school, or maybe our children still go to covenant school. There's all kinds of connections. And instead of us sitting back saying, oh, that's so awful that this school shooting happened in California, um, today we feel all the things that you talked about and more because it has affected us in a new way. We have experienced trauma. Now, I sit with clients all the time and sometimes people will, I'll say, so can you tell me about the trauma in your life? Oh, I've never had any trauma. I had great parents and got a great marriage and never had any trauma. Well, then I would ask them, did you live through 9-11? If you live through 9-11, you have trauma. And today, here in the Nashville area, I would say, if you lived through the Covenant shooting, you have trauma. Trauma resides within ourselves. And because of all the feelings that you talked about, um, those things come up in different ways. There are um, lots of situations where you may not even realize that your frustration or anger or questions or why or those things will come up and be reflected in the way that you interact with other people. And you may not even realize that it's the trauma from what happened in our community. So I wanna quickly just run down a list of things that I think are important for you all and for everybody for that matter to think about during this time. What can we do for ourselves in order to be okay in the midst of this horrific situation? How can we as people of God make sense of this? How can we um, just provide some self-care for ourselves and for those that um, we care about? So I want to just, like I said, quickly run down some of the things because I don't have a lot of time. Um, but give you some ideas of ways that you might be able to um, help yourself and those that you care about. The first one is to acknowledge and share your feelings. This morning when I ask you, how did you feel? How do you now feel? That sometimes is hard for us to get in touch with exactly what we feel, but 
it's good to feel what you feel. Um, now, feeling what you feel then sometimes needs to be shared to help make sense of it. Um, you may have friends or people around your table or whatever that you can say, this is the way that I've been feeling since then, and just talking it out will be beneficial to you. I would say to you, pay attention to your physical and your emotional health during this time. You need to eat well, rest well, exercise, and relax. Just have some time to just be. Maybe just to be with your own thoughts and feelings, but also maybe to just sit in the presence of God and allow him to help to heal the wounds that you're experiencing. The next one would be to join a support group. And I would say that's what you're doing this morning. This is a support group. It's not like the support groups that we have at Refuge or that AA or NA or some of those other places uh, might have. But certainly you all are offering support to one another. The next thing is to not judge your emotions or compare yourself to other people. What, if I ask every person in this room specifically what they felt about a situ this situation, they would tell me something different or maybe they'd use the same words, but they would be explained in a different way. So don't compare yourself to somebody else. Where I recognized the importance of this was the day after the shooting when I got my therapist together to talk with them because we were going to be sitting in a room with people who had been traumatized by what had happened and yet we had not had time ourselves to process it. We had not had the opportunity to deal with our own emotions. And so I got my, my therapist together and just allowed them to talk. And what I realized, and I didn't really expect it, was how different what they had to say was. Some people were sad. Some people were sad for the family of the shooter. Some people were sad for the people who had loved ones who were killed. Some were um, concerned about the mental health issues. Some were concerned about sexuality issues. Some were concerned about political issues. And across this room, the first thing that came up for people was different for everybody. But what we don't want to do is to compare ourselves with our neighbors and think, oh, well, that's the way they feel. That's the way I should feel too. You get to feel whatever way you feel. So be kind to yourself. The next one is really important. Be aware of self-medicating behaviors. Trauma causes pain. Pain causes us to want to do something to, to numb the pain. If you have a headache, you want to take Tylenol to get rid of the headache. Well, we have a soul pain right now, and our soul pain sometimes makes us want to do things that are not necessarily healthy. So self-medicating behaviors might show up like with alcohol, drugs, pornography, eating, 
over-exercising, overworking. And some of those things don't sound like a bad thing. Over-exercising and overworking? Well, anything that gets way out too much or too little is problematic. So please be careful not to numb the pain that you're feeling right now with things that are not healthy for you. Now this one probably should have been the first one on the list, and that is to pray and spend time with like-minded people. You know, it is difficult sometimes to sit with people who are not people of faith and to hear what they have to say. And so when you're sitting in a group like this with people who are like-minded people, they understand where you're coming from. They understand an answer. They can help remind you to connect to the answer, which is God. So please um, be intentional with your prayer life, with your time with God, and with your time with people who are supportive. And then, this one is very self-serving. I would say, get a therapist. <laughs> um, I have a therapist. I am a therapist, but I have a therapist. It is important in life, from time to time, to have someone to sit with who can be very objective um, and can help you to see things in your life that maybe were lurking around in there that you didn't even know were happening. But um, I certainly think that um, every one of you should call the Refuge Center this afternoon and get on the waiting list. Um, but no, find yourself a therapist. I don't care who they are or where they are, but if you're struggling with what just happened, you're among many people. Nobody comes to my office this day, these days and doesn't say, you know, I'm so upset about the covenant shooting. It's kind of like when the pandemic happened. Whatever their issues were before, all they wanted to talk about was the depression and anxiety and isolation that came along with the pandemic. It was like none of that other stuff mattered anymore. And that's what we're experiencing now. I would be willing to say that of the almost 200 sessions a day that we do at Refuge, um, you know, probably the vast majority of those have some connection to the covenant shooting. So if you need some support, there is support out there. Now, Wes had also asked me to talk about how to talk to children. Um, when I look across this room, it might be how to talk to grandchildren. but. <laughs> Whoever you need to talk to, um, this is helpful. <laughs> so, um, and some of this is kind of old news now. You know, if I were talking to you the day after the shooting, I could have told you some ways to really relate to your children or grandchildren that would have been really helpful. But one thing in the face of trauma is to ask the child what they've heard. You know, we have heard things that they haven't heard. And so, um, you know, just ask them what they've heard to kind of get a feel for where they are. Then clarify that. Make sure you understand what they're talking about. Um, offer them age-appropriate information. Do not give young children, teens, 
any children for that matter, um, information that really is hard even for an adult person to kind of um, sit with. Um, remind a child that your conversation can be ongoing as needed. They may not want to talk about it a lot right now, but later on they may say, I, I have a question. Um, don't make promises that you can't keep. Children will say, promise me this will never happen to me. You can't promise that. And in the world that we live in today, unfortunately, that promise is a lesser reality than it ever has been before. Um, don't focus on the media or social media. You know, the fact that we all carry a computer around in our pocket these days, and the children as well, is not our friend. We have access to too much information, and not only too much information, but often erroneous information. So try not to stay fixated, yourself or your children, on what's going on in the media. And the big thing for children is to help them focus on the helpers. Mr. Rogers used to say, let's look for the helpers. And he was such a wise man. In the midst of the situation, we're not focused with children on a person with a mental health disorder who came in and took the lives of six people. We're going to focus on the people who were there to help them during that time and focus on the ways that we work to keep each other safe and those kinds of things. So that is a really quick overview of something that we could talk about all day long. But since you're not here for CEU credit, I will let you get on about your day before uh, the end of the day. So anybody have a question that I may or may not be able to answer? Um, I can send this to somebody that sent me an email. I did get the email. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, Larry. I'll send Larry this piece of information. It's not very, there's not a lot of flesh on these bones, but you're welcome to have it. Oh, a video? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't send a paper saying you could video me. <laughs> I have some trauma now. <laughs> My boss would love this because I love speaking to live groups, but I don't like doing videos. And she said, um, <laughs> She, she said the only time I've ever said no to her was to a video. So she'll love knowing that you all have um, tricked me. Other questions? Thank you for laughing. Laughter doeth good like a... That's right. It's so good in the midst of the hard season we are in. And laughter is so good. I see a question back there.
-hmm. Well, first of all, go home and tell them that this therapist said, don't watch all that stuff on TV. <laughs> um, you know, I think about when 9-11 happened and I sat in front of the TV for hours watching the same plane hit the same building over and over and over again. That's what we're doing. And, you know, the best I can do is recommend that you not do those things. And you can say, you know, I went to this group this morning and I heard someone say that it's really not healthy for us emotionally to spend so much time. It's healthy for us to know what's going on, but to listen to the same stories over and over and over again and watch body cam video um, over and over, it doesn't change. Once you've seen it once, you've seen it. And I don't even know you need to see it once. So, you know, just having some conversation around, you know, this is, this is where I am with this. This is where you are with this, and can we respect that of each other? Um, can we understand that we might not be at the same place? We're both hurting and confused and frustrated and angry, but in a different kind of way. And set up some boundaries, maybe, that say, you know, we can talk about this once a day, and then we need to talk about the trees that are blooming or the flowers that are coming up or what our grandchildren are doing at the soccer game this afternoon or something. Just, you know, helping maybe some open conversation about what may be helpful for you and or your spouse is, is worthwhile. Any other questions? Well, the first one I would say is the Bible. It, it addresses what we're experiencing today, and it addresses trauma. It may not use that word. I don't think you'll find the word trauma in the Bible, but that is the first place to go for information. Uh, Wes talked to me this morning about a book that he has read, and it's not a Christian book, but it is a great trauma book, and it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And that is a really good uh, book um, to read to help understand some things about trauma. Well, you can go to therefugecenter.org um, if you would like to see somebody here in Franklin um, on the sliding scale. I will tell you that we and every other counseling center right now probably have a little waiting list. So, you know, you come and you would call, make an appointment for an intake and get um, on the waiting list and be assigned a therapist as soon as there is one. But you can also go to psychologytoday.com and there's a, a link there that says find a therapist. You click on that link and you put in, um, some parameters that are things you need. 
you know, depression, anxiety, trauma, um, male, Christian, you know, whatever your parameters are, and it will pull up therapists in your area who match those criteria so that, you know, you can, um, you know, hopefully find somebody that's a good fit. Um, just to pick a therapist out of a hat without any kind of understanding of where they come from could be a little scary. And so um, just be careful when, I mean, if you Googled me, I would come up because I have a private practice here in Franklin as well as my work with Refuge Center. So I would come up on that, you know, and I'm, you know, pretty safe, I would say. <laughs> um, but um, there are therapists um, who may have really differing ideas than what your ideas are. And if it's important for you to have somebody who's, who has a faith background, things of that nature, then be very specific in asking for that. But if I can help in any way, I, I would be happy to do that. Anyone else? Well, thank you all for being here this morning. So, uh, Anita is mostly safe. Is that what we heard? Mostly safe. <laughs> mostly safe. Thank you so much for being here this morning. One of uh, the things that occurs to me, and you might want to make a comment about this, but a lot of times when we ask the why question, there's never an answer, or it's, it's, it's just kind of obscure. I found it helpful to ask, Holy Spirit, God, how do you want me to understand what I have just experienced? Do you want to make any comment about that at all? She no, you just did. Okay, I just did it. Okay. Y'all have a good day. Thank you so much for being here. Anita, we, we really appreciate what you're doing in our community and here today. Thanks so much. <laughs>